welcome to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. Today, my special guest is Jordan Gill. She is the founder of System Saved Me. She is the dog mom of Vivian, a cockapoo, a cockapoo. And fun fact, she loves jigsaw puzzles. And even more fun fact, we went to college together. Yes, and we totally <laughs> rocked our ad agency campaigns class and won. We did. We got first place. We did. Only because of Katie and I, and that's the truth. I Yeah, I feel <laughs> completely confident saying that <laughs> and recording it and putting that out there. Right, just being okay. It's totally fine. It's been eight years. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't seen each other in person. Yeah, which since, is pretty cool. Yeah. It's just fun. fun. So what has been happening? What did you do, like, right after college? Oh, gosh. Well, right after college, I... Well, in college, I wanted to go and work for like a sports something organization or whatever else. And then I I got into it a little bit after college and realized "Mm, this is a broke life. I like money. And so (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. Uh, So I didn't do much better and, and started working for a nonprofit. But at least I felt better. (laughs) about being broke I don't know uh so then I after that then moved into the industry that I'm in now which is the online marketing industry and um that's really where I thrive because I am in control of my income I'm in control of my revenue if things are low I can go out there and make a difference um versus just being in a job and they're in control like you're what is it? One percent raise or something ridiculous. Uh, so it's interesting. The majority of my career has been in online marketing. Uh, so I've never set foot in corporate. The first time I did was not for a job. It was for a Halloween party for Southwest Airlines last year. Uh, and I walked in and was like, oh my gosh, there's cubicles everywhere. And I was like, okay, I get why people hate their lives a little bit in here um so yeah I have a very non-traditional I guess like working background um but it it's my path I guess so it works out I've worked for a few different corporations before becoming an entrepreneur and I mean some places can do it better than others (laughs) so that is good but the first one I worked for was a medical IT company in Kansas City, Cerner. Do you know it? Oh, because yeah. Probably yeah, everybody that yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. sure someone's worked at Cerner. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody in Kansas City. <laughs> um, and honestly, like there, I I did not. And like, it was not my cup of tea. Yeah. It was really, really hard for me to like drink the Kool-Aid and yeah. Um, play the games. Yeah. No. And it felt just like lying to me. I had to get out. I was like, I do not enjoy this. Yeah. Um, and then when I moved here... I worked for uh, a YouTube advertising like IT company and yeah Zephyr and Mm -hmm. it actually like they treat their employees super well to where it doesn't feel that corporate but it's still corporate you still have like somebody (laughs) above you that's somebody above you that's somebody above you that you have to you know that whole that whole thing but at least I feel like out here there are a lot of people putting a lot of emphasis on work-life balance and so it right that's true. doesn't feel as bad but uh but it's still if you want complete control you're right of your finances of your time everything because mm-hmm. you went full-time last year um it ago? was in 28 wait was it last may last uh, year March, was 2017 2018 oh god <laughs> how do i not know um yeah i think time it was flies. 2018 of uh march Okay, so like year and a half ish. Yeah, and somehow I'm still here. Yeah, somehow it's working out. 
<laughs> I don't know if that ever goes away. At least it doesn't for me. Yeah. Like, but, but, right. I did do both at the same time, though. That oh, was yeah. really intense. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I don't even know how I, I like look back now. I'm like, was that me? Where, where did that come from? How did I have the energy? <laughs> well, that was like you. How many credits did you take that last semester? Oh, yeah, that was bad. I took like 21 <laughs> hours at the last semester. I was semester. looking at you like, why? Because I uh, have this thing where I have to be right. And when my parents were like, none of our kids have graduated in four years. I was like, watch me. <laughs> and then it got to the end and I was like, shit. I have to do. <laughs> I have to get this. <laughs> Oh my gosh yeah that was insane I just remember you doing the most I was like I don't even I had two I had two credits campaigns and one other class what on Tuesday Thursdays yeah I don't know how I was doing it and then they always told us too when you're in campaigns take way less hours because right. campaigns is anything yeah. and you did not follow that that's so funny I don't know where I get these bursts of energies to to do things like that because well, I have you done human and design like, never yes where I'm a you? manifester oh that's fascinating yeah, I'm not like a workhorse. That's right, also why I'm like surprised. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? I'm a projector. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's like the person who I'm supposed to wait for the invitation, which is like not great to hear as an impatient person. Um, but it's it's always interesting when I lean into it. Like it always works. Like when whenever people are inviting me like, hey, like don't you do this or hey can you help me with this it's way better than when I'm like in a lair like thinking this is the dopest idea ever and then I put it out there and everyone's like we don't care we didn't ask you for this and I'm like you do wait to be asked (laughs) yeah and it can be in different signs right it's not like you know a potential client could say it or it could be like I read it in a magazine and it asks me a question in the magazine that then I follow through with like it's it's very interesting I'm not like super knowledgeable about in um, human design but I've gotten a few different readings and so people have just told me about projectors so yeah I had someone on the podcast that did uh, human design readings and it was super fascinating yeah like that does feel really like my my type and like my energy oh that's cool um, so what exactly do you do? Like, how would you describe System Save Me to somebody that's never heard of it? Yeah. So System Save Me is a workflow template shop, which I'll explain. And it's where I curated um, a bunch of operations folks. So uh, virtual assistants, online business managers, project managers, of the like and they actually create workflow trainings um so i don't create any of the content um for those they create so say for example you're wanting to figure out how to um create your client onboarding process with a particular tool and we would create that workflow training so that you didn't have to go and search on youtube or deal with customer support or you know read a bunch of blogs or play around with it for hours like we just give you the step-by-steps to set it up and be able to forget it then after that so uh, we have about 60 some workflows which is insane we have about 15 uh, op squad members is what I call them and uh, so workflows essentially are just like the series of steps it takes to for you to accomplish whatever goal that is so if you're trying to you know put up your editorial calendar for Instagram like you need to have an editorial workflow. Um, so 
we create different things for ser- mainly service-based business owners and course creators. Um, I don't have a ton of physical product people in my arena. That's mainly because I don't want to talk about shipping and fulfillment, which we <laughs> spoke about earlier. Uh, so, but I can still give tips about inbox management, um, calendar management, and a lot of those things. So we mainly help solopreneurs. So if you're a one-woman show, uh, if you're doing it solo dolo, like that's that's who we help. Awesome. Yeah. I do. So obviously I do have products. I do do the shipping side of things, but there are so many other sides and facets and some service based things that I would like to get off the ground. So I am really interested to hear because I am one of those people that like, I'm kind of (laughs) scattered. I'm kind of all over the place. That's okay. Uh, I'm multi-passionate. That's yeah. Okay. My ideas are all over the place. Uh, yeah. And it's if you look place. at my business, there's like a million different facets and it's kind of hard for me to be like, I should just focus on this. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of more go with feeling more than like. I mean, I think it's a little bit of feeling, a little bit of like metrics or whatever the hard I stuff. I can invite that in. That's right. what I need more of. Yeah. I could probably... In- do the feeling thing a little bit more I'm like oh this percentage of people told me this so I'm going to do it this way and I feel like half the time it works half the time it doesn't so (laughs) (laughs) it's all a gamble so your main um the content that you put out um the stuff that you create it's mainly for solopreneurs people that are trying to do it all um and you have this thing called Ops O'Clock. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Ops O'Clock is my weekly happy hour show. <clears throat> um, and basically, it's just all things solopreneurship. Um, usually, the first part is me like sharing a framework or method or way to overcome or accomplish something in your business, whether it's um, last week I talked about bringing on an apprentice. Um, The week before that, it was sent around something else. But I kind of branding wise, I have somehow adopted the pineapple. I like it's funny because before my business, yeah, I liked pineapples. They were cool. Like there, I didn't have any judgment against them. Uh, but now they've just like blown up in my life, and it's mainly because of the branding. Because when I first started, the clients that I worked with, the reason I would ask them like, "Why do you want to work with me?" And they would say, well, I know that once I'm done working with you, I'll be able to go to the beach, sip on a pina colada and know that my business isn't going to blow up. And they all would say that. So it's like the pina colada is like a symbol to my people. So I just like took it and ran with it. And um, now I have 37 pineapple items in my house. I I did a a game with my Instagram story people. It was like, guess how many pineapples are in my house? Uh, So or pineapple like items. So it's it's funny because I in Ops O'Clock, you know, the logo is basically like a clock that's in the shape of a pineapple. And I sit pina coladas sometimes. Sometimes I want tea. So I just decide whatever I want to drink. But it's it's become like this fun thing that now people recognize pineapples and they think of me which is like really bizarre like I'll get dms of like I see this pineapple I'm thinking of you from this random person I've never met in my life and so it's it's I wouldn't say that I'm a branding expert by any means (laughs) uh branding used to actually be such a negative experience for me so to think that at this point people are recognizing me based off of something that was as simple as the conversations I was having with my very first clients is like 
so awesome and mind-blowing at the same time that's cool yeah i should play that game with moons i wonder how many moons there are oh my gosh you totally should in my house yeah (laughs) you totally should that'd be really fun that's really fun so what is your you said that your last episode was about bringing on an apprentice yes what is a tip for that or like yeah i guess my one of the things i do want to ask you and pick your brain on is like how can you let go of that control to invite someone in because that is a scary step when you've done it all yourself Yeah, it is a very scary step. I think one lesson I've had to learn, regardless of if I bring somebody on or not, is moving forward in an imperfect action. Uh, I'm a perfectionist. I like things a certain way. I strive for excellence. And I would say, and, you know, I'm not meaning to come off cocky or anything like that, but just my I've noticed that my levels of just like what I deem as good everyone else seems to deem as great and when it comes to business stuff so I'm like okay (laughs) like there has to be something that gives to where I'm not overstretching myself to deliver this expectation that literally my own people are saying like dude we were like good with just this so like and I think with bringing on somebody else, no one's going to be able to do it 100% like you do it. Like they're just, that's just not going to happen. So you have to adjust to skill sets or personalities or stuff like that. You can have the the process can be the process, uh, but there's always going to be a little bit of wiggle room that you're going to have to adjust to. And I'm, I'm not saying dealing with people who are late on projects and just like disrespectful and all the other negative things. But if, if somebody gets something 80 to 90% there, then either I can take it to the next or 10 or 20 or like, it's good. Just take, just do it. You know? Um, so I've had to let go of a lot of that stuff. Like even with social media and other people writing my captions and other people doing, and me not knowing literally, I could go look in my project management software when things are going to go out, but it's not a good use of my time currently. So all of a sudden I'll just like see a bunch of random likes happening. I'm like, Oh, probably something was posted, but like, it feels so strange to not be connected to that action and not know something's going out at three o'clock today or whatever. So it's, I think the the first step is being okay with your own imperfect action. And then once you're okay with your own imperfect action, then you can be okay with everyone else's. That's good advice for sure. I feel like even just bringing my sister on board to ship, I have to remember like I've made mistakes too on the shipping process. There's going to be a learning curve. Like things are going to happen. Totally. So when it comes up I have to be like, and it's happening and that's Here okay. it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta face it. That's for sure. But as far as like teaching someone, uh, that's another like big block for me. It's like, well, I could do it myself so fast if I have to pause and teach somebody how to do this. Uh that's mm-hmm. been a big block, especially with making the physical products. Uh well yeah. And I think For that, it really comes down to, you know, where are you best suited? Like, are you best suited making the products and, like, that really is where you find joy and, like, where you want to be? Or do you want to go out and, like, find other boutiques to, like, have your stuff in or um, go and talk on other podcasts or whatever it is and, like, the growth and fulfillment phases, which we'll talk about, I guess, a little bit later – But 
like where do you want to be and like it is 100% plausible to hire on that other side so again if you enjoy the making and that's what brings you like peace and happiness then do that and hire somebody to go and find the wholesale accounts for you hire somebody to go and be the PR person like you can do those things and I think a lot of people who are in love with like making their jewelry or like doing their art they sometimes feel like they have to let it go and that's not the case but also know that if you are that person you're like I'm totally cool not being that person then you can go and be yeah. the, the person that's out there like showing your face and meeting people and, and all of that so it's like asking yourself those questions of like well what do I enjoy right because like, I don't have to do it all exactly and I think I, I do a quadrant exercise with like anybody I come across and whatever there's like four squares in a quadrant um and the quadrant one is what am I good at and what do I enjoy the second quadrant is what am I good at but I don't enjoy the third quadrant is what am I not good at but enjoy and then the fourth quadrant is what am I not good at and what do I not enjoy and whatever's in that fourth quadrant is what I say you need to outsource first and stat because like that's yeah. just draining your energy. It's, it's a it, leak. Yeah, it's just all bad. And like what you eventually want to get to is where you are a hundred percent in quadrant one, um, and everything else is is outsourced or automated or whatever. That's such an easy, good way to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Like while it's you're mixing exercise. them, I'm like seeing them in my yeah. head. <laughs> I feel like I go back and forth. Just side note, personally, on making the products. Like I do enjoy it sometimes. Yeah. It's great, and then so other like times, I'm like, yeah, it yeah. can be very therapeutic. And I remember how it felt when I first started, and I like really do love getting my hands in it. Yeah. But then at some point, it becomes so monotonous and like oh my God, I can't make another moon ball. My hands are going to fall off. Like this yeah. is just, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> so it's kind of like a love hate. And so right. I feel like there, I kind of like, that's why I like having this commercial kitchen in my home. I can like have control if I want to bring someone in or I can do it if not. That's true. Um, But on the last quadrant, that's like the financial stuff, yep. the like straight up real business processes. <laughs> like that is where <laughs> I do not shine. That. Yeah. Um, But I don't think, yeah, I don't think personally I could. You were just saying, like, giving up control of, like, someone posting something for you. Yeah. I think I enjoy that part so much, the connecting totally. and the posting, that, like, yeah. that'll always be on, on my side of things. Oh, totally. I think for me, I like going back in the comments, going back in the DMs. The actual creation of the content, I don't find pure enjoyment out of. So that's where I'm like, okay, I still will get to be me and still get to talk and, like, chat and all that stuff. Um, and it's really important that people know that I'm the one DMing them. I don't think I've ever given up my DMing. Like, that's just... Say, I don't think I could. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, yeah, that could never happen. I love, though, that you are saying that you do have this quadrant method that you work with because yeah. you're not just telling someone, well, you need to do this. You're more, right. like, giving them the the steps to see what they need to do. It's not like a yeah. every person's going to be the same. Every business is going to be the same. Exactly. And that's the fun of it. That and also fun. the terror of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of all the time when I'm like, wait, there's no one telling me what I have to do here. Like, I have yeah. to remind myself that all the time. It's like, I get to make this decision. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and decision fatigue is real. <laughs> like, I don't know if you get it too, but I... Like, after, like, 2 o'clock, I'm like, nobody come to me with a question because I'm just going to be annoyed. <laughs> like, I don't want to make any more decisions. Like, and even I've noticed in my wardrobe, like, my daily 
I guess go-to outfit is just like joggers and a t-shirt and like I just don't even think about it anymore because I don't want to think about it it's not an important decision to me let's just like put something on and move on about my day and you know I I've always loved like wearing cute clothes and all that sort of stuff but then the priorities I'm like that is not super important to me anymore (laughs) how do you handle decision fatigue though because obviously they need to be made my biggest problem is someone will write me and I'll get an email and it is like um an invitation for something or like a collaboration and I I just sometimes cannot even make the decision if it's you know the right one or not yeah if I should reply or if I should do this whatever and so then I just don't god this is horrible for me to admit on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) my inbox gets away from me because it's like oh yeah oh man I have to make that decision Uh, yeah Um, for me, I batch my decision making, <laughs> which batching essentially is just doing the same type of task in like a long period of time. So that could be like batching podcast episodes and just doing like five podcast episodes in one day, or it could be doing all of your social media in one sitting versus a daily task. And when it came to decision making, I just was like, oh my gosh, like I just don't even want to make any decisions. And so Wednesdays are my days where I speak with Chelsea, who's on my team, and she's in my inbox. She's like managing my calendar slash promotion schedule. And so she knows not to bother me about anything that's going on in my inbox um, until Wednesday. And then Wednesday, we will sit there for a half hour and she'll say, hey, Susie Q is asking you to do this. I think it's a no because of these reasons. Like, is that okay? Yep. Okay. This person emailed you and they want you to do this, but we have this other promotion. Do you want me to ask her to move it to this date? Yep. And like, I, so I batch my decision making. Wow. I and need then a Chelsea that I makes don't. me do it on Wednesdays. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's just I and even when I didn't have Chelsea, I would um, auto reply. So I had like a form specifically for like collaborations, PR and all that sort of stuff. And so I would people would filter in through that and then they would get an auto response that says, hey, I do follow ups on Friday. So if you have emailed me on Monday or any day that's not Friday, you won't hear from me until Friday because, again, I don't want people resending stuff just because I didn't answer. So, yeah. So just like filtering and deciding like when you're going to do it and then notifying who needs to be notified. And yes, of course, people still emailed in versus doing the form. And and either on Friday, then I would say I would send them the form and be like, hey, I'll respond to you next Friday. But you need to put it through this for me to be able to filter. Um because I think, again, when you're reading these long emails or short emails or emails that are missing information that's yeah. pertinent for you to make the decision, oh, yeah. then you're having to go back and forth. And I'm like, oh, I just my gosh. usually won't reply if it doesn't have like especially right. people asking for something. It's right. Like you didn't ask for the amount or the dates or like what you left it out. What do you I, even want I'm from me? so embarrassed admitting this. You guys. My <laughs> inbox is a nightmare. If you reach out for something like especially an ask, if I don't know the answer, I just I won't reply. This is horrible. <laughs> I'm very uncoachable over here admitting this, but it's true. Oh, totally. You're not alone. You are not alone. I get it. So, yeah, inbox is one of those things that it's very easy for it to get away from you. And um, that was, yeah, that was in my fourth quadrant of, oh, gosh, Katie is showing me the thousands of emails. 16,495 unread messages. 
That's what my phone says right now. It's so hurtful to my entire soul. (laughs) Something (laughs) happening inside you right now. (laughs) I might spontaneously combust. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, that was in my fourth quadrant. Like, I was like, as soon as I can, it's getting off my plate. Um, Finances have been off my plate. I do my monthly bookkeeping, and I probably could pick that off. But my tax stuff, I'm like, no. Um, So that's like when I was able to like make sense of it for somebody to come into my inbox I was like immediately happening is um so did you hire somebody is she virtual or how did you yeah so she is virtual she lives in South Carolina and um it's funny we are very similar so I don't usually hire somebody that's super similar to me but um she's basically the me that also can like maintain things. Like I'm not a maintainer by nature. I'm a like creator and then somebody else do the thing. So uh, I think she just applied like everybody else, but she was somebody, she actually sent an extra video of her showing me how she would manage my inbox for, it was like a seven minute, like she's like, okay. So, and of course she doesn't know all the things of what I need to sort, but she obviously can use context clues or like look at my Instagram, like the types of inquiries I would have. And so she was like, okay, these are the things I would do. These are the labels, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, done, like done. Does she have room for more clients? (laughs) Can she organize 16,400? She would love to organize. She would love, yeah. She's like, it only took me six hours to clean out your inbox. That was not very much. And I was like. I'm, okay that sounds like a lot it sounds like a lot and she was like now that was a very quick inbox like cleanup and I was like okay so she loves doing inbox cleanup so wow, you're opening my eyes that like <laughs> I, this is a problem I could tackle with the help of somebody oh 100 percent oh, wow I'm just admitting so much <laughs> feels I like it <laughs> feels um so you were talking to me before we started about how you yeah. like to describe like a team of one and the two yeah. kind of departments yes yeah tell us about that so as solopreneurs especially ones who are coming from a corporate background you're used to these massive departments of sales marketing finance PR HR innovation, product management, account management. I don't even know all the departments. Again, I I didn't set foot in corporate. But it really comes down to just two departments. It comes down to growth and it comes down to fulfillment. And growth is what it sounds like. It's anything that has to do with growing your business, whether it is PR, whether it's um, doing podcast interviews, any of that, social media, all of that would go under growth as well as like sales calls if you have a service-based business. And then fulfillment department kind of has two little uh, focus area or management areas. And those are your clients and your business. So clients slash customers are people then how do you deliver on what it is that you just sold to this person. And then for your business, it's really your finances, obviously, um, handling requests, so inbound um, requests and then uh, also kind of again keeping your processes in line and stuff like that so really that's it those are the only things you should be focusing on and I think a lot of people try to put visibility in another category because they're like well I'm just going to say yes to any collaboration or podcast or blog that I'm able to guest blog on and really if it's not in line with you getting more clients or you getting more collaborations or referral partners 
then you really shouldn't be doing it. Like, and that's just an opportunity cost thing. Um, I'm totally, I'm very proud of my A plus in economics at KU. Uh, and opportunity cost was one of my favorite things to learn about because it's like every time you make a decision, you are also saying no to a bunch of other things. Like me saying yes to this podcast interview is me saying no to, I don't know, sitting at a coffee shop by myself. I don't know what else I would be doing. But and it's a trade-off. Right, always. it's a trade-off. Yeah. Always. And I think people tend to not realize that. Like by you choosing to, I don't know, binge a Netflix show instead of like getting ahead on your editorial content, that's you choosing not to grow your business. And that's okay. You can make that decision and it's totally fine. And when you're upset that your business isn't growing, you need to remember what you need yeah. to remember what decisions you made. Oh yeah. So that's really my biggest thing too with with solopreneurs is it can be hard to be the only one whose sole brain is like thinking about your business, growing your business, fulfilling your business, all of the aspects. And it also is like a really like cool place to be. Like I think a lot of people can take it for granted sometimes because at least in America, I'm pretty sure all over the world, there's so many people working in jobs that they hate. And again, that's an opportunity cost a little bit of, okay, would you rather just like get a paycheck and like not enjoy what you're doing on a daily basis? Or would you do a little bit of what you don't enjoy? Maybe it's the finances or the systems or whatever, but the majority of the time you're able to chat on Instagram with like meeting new friends or collaborating with this other cool person. And again, you don't want to build a business that you don't enjoy. So if you aren't enjoying it, either stop doing it or pivot and make a change. And I'm actually going through this right now where I'm in a season of where I loved the fulfillment side of my business. Um, So talking about growth and fulfillment, I love the fulfillment side. I loved doing client stuff. I loved just like working on processes in my back end and whatever. And for the, I mean, I always loved sales, but I just liked working with clients more and it has completely switched like this year. I'm like, not that I won't still work with some clients, but I want to be out. I want to grow. I want to like talk to people. I want to find new ways to like bring leads into my business. And that excites me. So, you know, you kind of go into these shifts and I feel like a lot of people start in enjoying the fulfillment side of their business because a lot of times that's why you started it is I want to help this client with X or customer with X. And so, but I feel like a shift happens to where you want to like be yeah. out. Like you just want to connect with more people and help more people and serve more people. So uh, there's nothing wrong with being in either camp. There's it's, it's honestly all your decision, um, which again, we talked about being terrifying and awesome at the same time. Yeah. I totally like that. You break it down though, into just those two things, just growth, just fulfillment. It's a little bit easier to think of each task each thing that you have to do as one of those options then also being able to think of your business of like oh do I need more here or more there yep instead of a million different choices (laughs) yeah um I really really like that thanks that's really neat um yeah I feel like when it comes to the opportunity cost that you're talking about 
I've decided to make some harder boundaries, especially when people are asking. Mm. Uh, they see my company, they see my products, and they think, oh, I would love for her to donate products for this event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For you. That event sponsorships. Um, or, yeah, whatever it is, but let's just focus on event sponsorships specifically. Yep. I decided that it is literally not worth, not worth it. it if I don't have a voice at that event. If someone says, will you event, will you come or will you donate for this event? If there's an invitation for me to come and speak even for 10 seconds, I will say yes, because that mm. puts my face with the product. It makes yeah. it more personable. But just sense. being in a goodie bag like that is not worth it for me at this stage of my company. I think it totally could be. Yeah. At, yeah. Down the road. Um, but when I, I'm hosting this retreat and we decided we would love events sponsors and I was on the other side, the asking side, and oh my god, I was like, wow, I know the people I'm emailing, like, they're probably so annoyed, and like, oh, this feels icky, but, so I, like, saw the other side of it for a second. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that did kind of teach me of, like, how to ask properly. Mm. Like, I put exact the number that we need, the date, like, all of the things, Yeah. what they would be getting out of it, um, but yeah, no, totally. I, I did decide with opportunity costs, like, it is not worth it for me to put something Mm-hmm. out there if I'm personally not getting a chance to like be the face of it yep and I think making all of those boundaries for all the different aspects of your business is then also going to make it a lot easier oh, for you to so, hire out yeah and so much easier for me to know if it's a yes or a no instantly yeah. like I don't instantly. need to make the decision oh I can't be there it's an event that's in South Carolina and blah 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 like no nope. right don't care nope yeah yeah <laughs> so and I yeah so anyways that's uh I like thinking of it that way but you're right, putting those boundaries in place is what makes it easier. <laughs> kind of knowing the answer before it's even asked. Oh, totally. Yeah. And again, with hiring, like like I said, with Chelsea, we basically have kind of a dis- I don't even know, like decision matrix. I don't know what you really call it. But essentially with like opportunities, there are ones that she knows are like an absolute no or an absolute yes. And then there's, again, the ones we discuss on Wednesdays where it's like, okay, this or that or whatever. So that also just helps then because it's like I have a second brain who like knows and it's really hard because you're like, okay, what, what, because <laughs> we can make our own decisions instantly sometimes. And we're like, I don't even know what the filter was. I don't know what questions I was asking myself. And so uh, a lot of times it's just going through the process of like, okay, I have looking at a case study or looking at an example email and just being like, okay, this is an example. What piece of information am I looking at first? Okay, I always check the date first because if it can't fit into my calendar, there's no point in me even looking further. That's first. Okay, after that, do I have to pay for this or is it something where it's going to cost me time or money? Yeah. Okay, it's going to be time. Okay, how much time do I have to put towards this? Like, so you kind of start to decipher it from there, just like out loud, which can make you sound like a crazy person, but it does help then for, even if you don't hire out, but just like you want to know like how to get through this a lot quicker, um, just talking it out and then writing down what it is that you, the questions that you asked yourself to get to the decision you made. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's actually super helpful. I yeah, think good. Then- I do think everyone deserves a response, and I feel a little guilty when I don't respond to people. Yeah. Uh, but then you can <laughs> totally. actually more easily respond and explain why it doesn't work out for you. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just a straight no or ignoring people. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also talked about uh, before we started the podcast a little bit um, hiring someone, and you said mm-hmm. 
to me that one of the best things that you can do when you hire someone is to have success metrics in place. So what yes. do you mean by that or how yes. would you describe that? So success metrics are basic. I don't know what they're called, generally speaking. I feel like corporate probably has a term. But uh, success metrics are what am I measuring this person up against? Um, because I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but when you are let go or fired or whatever else and they're like, you know, you just didn't do a good job. Uh, okay. What does that even mean? Like where, what metric did you actually like, can I see what I did bad? That's like people's first thought, generally speaking, if they care. And so when you hire somebody, I always have a conversation. Um, it's basically not a kickoff call. I call it the pre-call. And it's processes, results, and expectations. And I go over what processes that you'll need to understand or create for this position. What results? So that's my success metrics section. What results can we both agree on that, like, if you don't hit, like, it's going to be a problem? And then third is expectations. And that's more okay, you know, we do team meetings on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Like, and we communicate on Slack instead of inbox or like whatever all those expectations are as far as how they're going to work. And so those meetings, and it's always funny um, when I bring people on and I do them, they're always like, do you have like a roadmap of how to do this? Like, this is the smoothest onboarding I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm like, well, I mean, this is just what we went through. Like, there's not anything too special for it. Um, but it it eliminates a lot of the guessing and a lot of the, like, throwing somebody into the thrust of the fire. Because that's not how I want people to feel. I want people to feel like they're set yeah. up for success. That's, like, a really, really important piece for me. And, you know, I think when hiring people, the, the biggest mistake or the biggest difficulty people have is not telling people the result or the success metrics that they're being measured on and so then both parties aren't able to communicate on the same wavelength and again people know on my team it's like you know if you don't hit your success metric then we're gonna have a conversation about it and it's not a I'm gonna fire you right away conversation it's a did something get in your way were you sick like is there a part of the process that didn't make sense like and it's more of a, a conversation than just like a I immediately think oh like you didn't do it right so it's terrible like my first instinct is okay what what was slowing us down what was messy what was broken versus what's wrong with you so it's it becomes less personal. I think, too, with um, working with companies that are a little bit smaller or like I've worked with solopreneurs in the past where I was their person that they needed help with. I was doing yeah. their online marketing or whatever I was doing fulfillment. Um, not having those things set from the very beginning harbors so much areas for resentment totally. and feeling like, well, this isn't really what I feel the job description is or um yeah, just feeling like there's no parameters or boundaries and you might feel like you're doing a great job and you're not getting compensated or you're picking yep. up slack that you're like, I feel like this isn't even a part of the description. Yep. So th I think that's that's some very sound advice for bringing someone on board. Thanks. Um, and just like having even my sister helping me ship, like obviously that wasn't that formal of a... <laughs> of a um, agreement that happened. Yeah. That I think... Uh, uh, just understanding those things is super 
super huge. Yeah. And that's for any position. Like it, it just, the processes may change and the results might change, but your expectations generally speaking are the same across most of your team. Like those are again, just kind of the general, like these are the tools we use. Like, you know, we expect you to work from this time to this time, or we expect you to respond within 24 hours or let us know two weeks before you go on vacation. Like whatever it is. I think, and that's even super huge for any relationship in general. Like, (laughs) Any relationship uh, having totally. kind of those uh, conversations oh, so yeah. that you know how it works. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants me to write a dating book because <laughs> <laughs> the way I date is very similar to how I run my business. I think your brain oh. just must work at the higher level of seeing things from above. Like, yeah. That is, that can, I much. think, be really helpful. <laughs> you should write a dating book. Oh. Um. I wanted to ask, uh, so not looking at other people helping you do stuff, but you personally, like, how do you schedule your time, your days? Like, what would your advice be for somebody in that arena? Yeah. So, again, I think in terms of growth and fulfillment. So I have a couple different things and it's switched based on not taking as many clients now. But uh, I basically have my call days, which tend to be one is a growth call day and one is a fulfillment call day. So my growth call days are sales calls, podcast interviews, growthy things. And my fulfillment calls are client calls um, or if I am running a program of some sort of my mastermind, it's my mastermind calls. So and then the other three days are either again growth or fulfillment depending on if the growth I'm doing is okay I'm gonna batch my social media for the next whatever um if I need to record a bunch of videos for ops o'clock like I record those once a month I do all of my teasers at the same time so that the team can run off and have them pre-scheduled so like those sorts of activities um is how I I manage my day but it really is like like once you adopt the growth and fulfillment like mindset it just makes things so much easier because I don't even think about the fulfillment stuff when I'm doing the growth and same vice versa because I know there's a place and like that's that's just organization in general like if you talk to any professional organizer like in your house like closet organizers and stuff like that they're always like everything needs to have a place and the same thing is true for your tasks and your projects like they need to have a place and the reason that people feel scattered or feel like they're going to drop the ball or things are falling through the cracks is because they don't the tasks don't have places like you don't know when you're going to work on the fulfillment of your orders or you don't know when you're going to do all of your podcast interviews so it just feels out of place so it's just it's the same thing from physical that it is with like your mental so do you uh work five days a week and you have a weekend and you do monday and friday and you don't work on the weekend yeah so sometimes saturday will sneak up on me a few times but i would say i sundays for sure i do not do any work um saturdays it depends um if we're going into like a big launch or something then sometimes i'll just need that extra time um, but other than that, yeah, like that's my jigsaw puzzle day. So, and do you suggest that too for your clients? Like, have yeah, a weekend, yeah, can do this. And I think it's difficult when people are um, 
like part-time so they have a full-time job and then they're trying to build their business the Saturdays and Sundays that's like oh, yeah. the bulk so but I also think that it's really 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 crucial to have time outside of your business even if you are in like the growth phase or your part-time like I think it's it's really important to savor time doing hobbies or like spending time with family like it shouldn't be such a sacrificial thing and I know that's easier said than done totally and I'm a workaholic so I get it and like how are you creativity is spawned from when you have white space and Mm. like that's when you come up with your best ideas you don't come up with them when you're scrambling around trying to do all the things they come when you're in the shower because you're not doing anything else but showering and there's so much white space in there so for you to think that you're just going to be able to run your business constantly that's just not true and that leads to burnout so it can be difficult, but yeah, if if you're full time in your business, I'm maybe a little more lenient on the weekends for people, or full time in your uh, job or career, and then you're building something on the side. Then it's you know you got to make do with yeah. with what you got. But uh, I would say for the most part, Monday through Friday should be should be pretty business related. I'm trying really hard to keep in those parameters. It can be difficult. Oh um, yeah, and when you live and work in the same space too. Oh, yeah. It can be really difficult. I feel like, I don't know, part of me, like, I know that I'm the one making all the decisions. And when it comes down to it, I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did I get here? What am I doing? This is totally. Sunday. Like, what am I doing? Um, but I do like personally having uh, Wednesday be like a break day, which maybe is crazy. But oh, I nice. kind of like like throwing in a day in the middle of it all because I do usually end up working one day on the weekend. Yeah. So having like Wednesday be like, well. actually, I'm going to try to huh. relax on this day or go do something. But I think it is all about having, like you said, that space for something 100%. else to come through. Oh, yeah. And um, I think when I was doing just intensives, which were just four hour blocks of times with clients, I would have A, B weeks is what they're called. And so the A weeks were first and third weeks of the month. And those were technically my growth week so I would do sales calls I would be doing social media podcast interviews etc and then on b weeks which are the second and fourth of the month I would just do client calls there was no sales calls going on there was no podcast interviews like it was straight just clients one call basically one client had um one day and that's how I had it set up in my business and so like that was like the easiest part of my life like that having that defined of a workflow and my client weeks I would be a lot more regimented about like okay I went to you know I or I ordered freshly or hello fresh or something and it just comes and then like I can just be in the zone of like my clients and what they need versus worrying about house things or food or all of that stuff like client weeks were protected because I needed to be at a very elevated space to be able to work at the speed I wanted to work at and at the level I wanted to work at and so then the non-client weeks it was a little bit more lax like whatever whatever so you can be even intentional outside of your business around your business to then help you be more focused in your business because I think again your physical space is so important just as much as your mental space and so I don't like to work in like my desk area I don't really have a ton of papers like I just don't like physical papers so like 
there's never any a dishevelment of papers on my desk or anything like that. Um, and whenever I'm working on my couch, like I make sure that everything is kind of cleared off because I just your brain over overworks. And for people who love color, which I'm totally okay with black, white, gray, but for people who like color, uh, or maybe you even have like a background on your phone so that your brain is having to work extra hard to find even it's as simple as looking at your phone background. Like it's like, this is too many colors. There's apps, there's like letters, there's numbers, there's categories. There's like your brain is having to oversort constantly. Uh, and so I actually did this like phone detox thing where like my phone screen is black and my all my apps are in alphabetical order so I know exactly where they are like working with my brain instead of against my brain and so I just am in more flow when it comes to as simple as like my phone productivity and stuff like that wow those are some good tips yeah yeah I think I don't even know the exact statistic but your brain is constantly picking up way more than it than your conscious mind is realizing oh yeah um at all times it's like all the time getting it so that does make sense of why you would want to simplify yeah so I get this question a lot from people and I want to hear your advice but someone will message me and they'll be like hey I have this idea for this business um I don't even know where to start like what what do I do how did you get started and first I think well everyone is so different (laughs) like oh I don't know if I can give this advice but like what is your advice for somebody who's been sitting on an idea for a business yeah, and they haven't taken action on it? Yeah. Oh. Or even if they're, like, ready to take action, but, like, what is your advice gotcha. for someone wanting to start? Yeah, so if they are stuck in inaction, then I either – I'm kind of a – I don't know. I like to stir up trouble sometimes, so I'll kind of poke the bear a little bit and just be like, well, if you haven't taken action on it, do you even really care? Oh, that's good. Like, yeah, because you do things that you care about. For sure. I just heard, I was just listening to a talk uh, by Ram Das, and he was saying, someone saying like, I want to meditate. I should meditate. He's like, don't. You obviously don't want to or you would be doing it. Right. Like, don't meditate. You don't want to. You right. shouldn't be saying I want to. Right. You should be doing it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> exact same thing. So if they're stuck in that, I would go in that direction. If you're wanting to take action and don't know where to start, then it's a matter of, okay, like if you have whatever the business idea to be like a makeup artist or something like that then it's like okay well like who do you want to do makeup for I like to think of the who first because like if there's no who attached to it how how are you going to make money like how are we going to get the dollar bills in so like who is this person that's going to do your stuff okay well I want to do um senior portrait makeup artist stuff okay cool so then my next question is okay who would purchase or I guess who or where would they go to purchase something else that is right before they should purchase you the photographer so then who is it that you need to connect with to help you get those next clients and if you can identify referral partners you know pricing and stuff shifts and you just got to throw something out there I'm not like a I don't have a pricing matrix or anything per se I do that based on feeling funny enough so I think it's just try something and if it doesn't work try something else when it comes to pricing or positioning or messaging because 
the more that you put yourself out there, the more messages you'll get back about if it's working or not working. But if you just sit there in an action again and just think, oh, like I can't put anything out there in case it's not the right language or it's not the right message, you're not going to know that until you put it out there. So just like throw it out there. And if nobody says anything cool, like we've all had moments where we've put stuff out there and nobody buys. Yep. So like that's just part of entrepreneurship. So I think it's first who um, of who the client is and then either again, who or where are they buying something before they buy what you're doing? I'm big on referral partners. There's already collections of people who know your like ideal clients or customers. So why try and go the one-on-one route when you can go straight to somebody who has a group of your people like in a silo or in like a bowl that you can just then speak to or be a really easy referral for. That's super good advice. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. And I totally think asking the, well, like who is going to be doing this is huge. Understanding, even if it is a product, like who is going to be using this? Exactly. Understanding your your ideal client. Yeah. Cool. Um, What advice do you have for someone? uh, Let me see. I had some questions on social media, so maybe we'll just answer those because someone was asking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I need help with balance. A mom, a wife, and a new business owner. Yes. So someone trying to juggle all the things. My next question back would be, I just did some NLP training, so... That's like automatically where my mind goes. Neuro-linguistic processing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, So immediately I want to say, well, like, how are you like measuring balance? So and if you don't have a measurement for it, then you're never going to achieve it. Ooh, mic drop. Because you don't have a way to measure it. Like, you have no idea if you actually are achieving balance. What is balance for you? Yeah. Right. And so, if you do have a measurement, then okay, then how do you, like, if you feel like you should be working on your business 40% of the time and with family 30% and then whatever, sleeping and doing whatever other stuff, the other 30%, then okay, we have metrics. So then how do we, how can we track your hours to see if you actually are in balance or not? And so you can go from there. I'm a very analytical person in that way. So because whenever we say things like I'm overwhelmed or I'm scared or any of those things, it always comes to like, well, how scared are you or how overwhelmed are you? And if you don't have a measurement, then you're just saying something to say something. And like, I'd catch myself doing this all the time. I'm like, oh man, I'm so tired. Well, how tired are you? I mean, I'm like super tired. That's not a measurement. Like, (laughs) so it's hard to like practice in real life, but I think it also helps you bounce back and just be like, okay, like I'm being overdramatic or okay, I'm just wanting to be in my feelings or something versus like, being in a solution oriented Mm. space versus just like, I don't know, spinning your wheels and and not getting anywhere. I like that though, because it's almost like that process of turning the question around. It's like, you already have the answer. Like what does balance look like? And then what can you do to change it? I like the way your mind works, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Another question someone asked is how do you deal with bad customers? Which I feel like there's a lot to unpack to that because... (laughs) When right. I first read that, I was like, bad? Right. What do you mean? What do you mean by bad? <laughs> uh, uh, so, 
maybe they mean unhappy i'm not sure but right so we can go a couple different ways i'm gonna go the way of like either they aren't fulfilling on what you believe the expectations are so whether the expectations are i expect to be paid on the first and they never pay me until the 10th or that or it could be that they tell you at 11 p.m what you should be doing at 8 a.m and that's disrespecting your time any of those apply or could be construed as bad and for me i i'm very upfront about my boundaries and expectations which honestly makes a lot of people uncomfortable uh and that's okay and for me when i think of client stuff i usually like to come at it from an empathetic empathetic approach first because i don't know what's going on in this person's life and a lot of times how people are showing up with me is how they're showing up in their life and it's a byproduct of something that is not me so i usually will just be like hey like i've seen this month and last month like whatever you pay on the 10th do you just want to move your payments to the 10th or like is there something that we can do to make the first work or let's have a conversation um if they are disrespecting my time uh that one i don't know sometimes maybe i'm passive aggressive i don't really know so (laughs) (laughs) but i if they're pinging me at 11 p.m and expect something at 8 a.m i'm gonna let it go like i'm not like your inaction is like the boundary like yeah yeah and so i'm gonna i'm gonna wake up at whatever time i wake up at and say oh it's 10 a.m and i saw you email me at 11 p.m like if you want me to like get this done in the proper amount of time i need at least 48 hours notice or whatever it is and i already make sure that that's in my contract and i'm just reiterating it because we already set the expectations you're breaking them i'm having to reinforce and we have to keep it pushing so again what you said earlier about establishing this stuff up front is crucial you can't possibly know everything that somebody's going to do or try but at least thinking through the majority of the scenarios so you can have it in a contract is 90 percent of it same with (laughs) even just someone purchasing a product from the website like having that spelled out on the checkout page like we don't accept like with my bath products i don't accept returns understand it's a product that could yeah right there's no returns (laughs) or like having that spelled out like if there is a return it's this time frame if you don't follow it i'm sorry yeah and it can be hard to stick with those boundaries with certain customers because you do want to make everyone happy totally Um, but I think you're right. Having those things in place, that way you can combat. I also think when I see the word bad customers, I mean, with a product-based business, Mm. some, some people are harder to please than others. And in the end, I'm just like, well, maybe this isn't for you and it doesn't really like, I'm sorry. Right. Um, yeah, I just feel like I have to just remember, like, you can try to make everyone happy. It's not going to work. It ain't gonna work. Um, especially when it comes to someone buying your products. It's like, okay, well then don't buy it. Right. Sorry. I'm uh, not forcing you to take yeah. the card out of your hand and put it into Shopify and pay me. Exactly. But I feel like that word bad customers, I don't know why that like rubbed me so wrong. Cause I'm like, what is a bad customer? Right. Like, what does that mean? But I guess more challenging customers is what I instantly think of. Yeah, that's what I think of too. Or somebody who I'm like, obviously, Just like what you, you said, right. you tap into that. Um, mindset of like well what are they going through more empathetically because I'm like obviously they're probably going through something yeah that has nothing to do with me yeah when someone's and they're just 
but I'm shocked. Somehow I do really have, um, I've worked for a lot of other companies in customer service type roles and mm-hmm. I feel like I do have the best customers. I'm like, how are they? That feels so good. easy. Yeah. They're just mirroring you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They're few and far between when I get something that annoys me like that. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Which is good. Anyways. Uh, The last one we will answer from Instagram is, how do you manage piling up tasks and to-dos? Yes. So I have, um, I use ClickUp for my project management. And if something, well, one, like, top level, like, I'm not a heart surgeon. I'm not saving lives. If the task doesn't get done, no one is dying, thankfully. So, like, what what is the real urgency? What that's like the number one thing. So, and if it is something that I've promised somebody, then that's just like a self integrity thing of like I'm going to fulfill that because that's important to me, and is is of high value. But when it comes to like just other tasks or things, I have a brain dump or parking lot or whatever you want to call it in my click up. That is just where everything goes and goes in there and hangs out. And then, uh, usually every quarter I do this, but people could do it every month. I suppose I just go through and I'm like, okay, that literally is irrelevant or, okay, I need to do that this month or maybe I need to do it in a couple months or, and I just let them sit there. Cause again, if I know they have a place, I'm fine and I can ease my mind. I'm not anxious about it. It's it's there. So if things are piling up, I would also assume that you're just not getting things done. So then I would look at where is the inaction coming from? Uh, like, is it because it's hard? Is it because you need more knowledge about it or skill? Is it because you need to hire somebody to do it or whatever that is? Then we need to address that particular point um so that's kind of how I would go about that I think makes sense yeah I don't usually have a ton of piling tasks because I just it's almost like putting if you've been putting it off if they're gonna pile up right like if I if they keep being put off then it's not important so I'm just gonna delete it or not do it (laughs) (laughs) exactly and the world goes around (laughs) Let me see if I had any other. We've been talking for, oh, wow, already over an hour. Oh, wow. So I don't want to take us. keep you too long. Um, what excites you right now? What do you have yeah. going on that's really exciting? Uh, what is exciting me is I am finally sharing more of this whole concept of team of one, growth and fulfillment, and looking at things with just a sharper lens. And I've, I've always served clients at, uh, I want to say them are premium price point and level of revenue. And like, I am just craving helping more people that are like in the phase that they are doing it all themselves. And so I'm really excited to, to serve people in that particular audience more and be seen more and all of that. So I think, that is that's really where I'm lit up and I'm excited and I think that it's almost like okay I've I've been doing some things like some cool things for three years and like this feels like my thing which is kind of cool you feel in the flow with it yeah feel in the flow that's awesome (laughs) I am like your ideal person and I've learned (laughs) so much from this conversation and I feel like there are some ways that I can 
take some action and get some help. So totally. I hope that uh, the people listening to this feel that they've learned something because if not, this was all for me and I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, hope they learned thank something Thank you too. for the free session. <laughs> you <laughs> are so welcome. <laughs> um, so do you personally... I don't know what you're going to say, but do you personally use any rocks or crystals or minerals or how do you feel about them? Yeah. So it's funny. I was just DMing with somebody about crystals and stuff because we were talking about you and I, people usually gift them to me. I've never gone and like picked one out and the only ones that people give me are amethyst. And so like that always seems interesting and it's all people they don't know each other like it's all separate people but the only one I get is amethyst and so I looked it up and I think it has stuff to do with like love and like that sort of stuff which was always interesting um and so I I guess I don't know what to do with them is the next part (laughs) of it like they're sit they sit on my desk because I think that they're pretty and they're like inspiring and I like them and like I just I haven't taken the time to like indulge in that but I do appreciate when people have them like I always think they're really beautiful um that's so funny that you say amethyst because I think of amethyst as one of the gateway crystals like oh really yeah it's like a easily accessible it's really pretty purple and it it is is usually one of like the first stones that people gravitate towards oh that's interesting that and rose quartz I'm always like those are gateway crystals like someone gets Uh, one of those and it opens it up um so the way that I think of them which maybe then uh, this will open your brain to think of them a little differently, but totally. I think of them as just a tangible item that then you could attach an intention to. So like when I have this podcast, uh. I'm holding aquamarine. Um, for me, like this is, uh, reminds me to slow down and like speak clearly. And it's like intentional with my words. Nice. It's said to connect to your throat. So I feel like it is a very throat stone, but for every podcast I pick, a mineral or crystal that uh, kind of embodies the conversation we're having. Uh-huh. So for the one that we're having today, I have malachite in the room. So I have a nice Ooh. big sphere of malachite over here. And then on That's your good. table, I have a bowl of tumbled malachite. Oh, um, these are beautiful. Yeah. So they're green. They have bands. But if you were to melt that down, it would be almost pure copper, which copper is like an energy conductor. And it's uh, oh, dope. it's very much like working smarter and like. It's, right. To me, oh, it very cool. is a very work-oriented crystal and, like, getting your brain to be able to understand work mode. So oh, that's, that's kind cool. of the crystal I picked that embodies the way you work. Yes, um, it does. And after talking with you, I'm like, it's even more perfect. But, yeah, pick out <laughs> one of the ones in that bowl and you uh, can take it. But, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, be perfect. I need to, again, it's just purple everywhere, so, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty. It'll complement it. Do you, yeah, uh, do you meditate at all? Um, I do really well with moving meditation, so I can't really sit still, but if I'm doing yoga and meditating, then it works really well. So I've just like learned to be okay with that and not, cause I would get really frustrated and then that just would make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like moving meditation. That's what I do. So yeah, I do. To get you in the flow. Yeah. yeah. That was the other thing I was going to say. Sometimes they're just nice to hold if you are meditating, uh-huh. but even when I do yoga, I'll like yeah, place you can... them in the front. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. On my mat. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to paste this one, though, because it's like a work one. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to put this on my desk. Yeah, put that on your desk, like <laughs> tap into the powers of the um, of the copper. It's really yeah. is fascinating. I like to think of stones, too, as they're like actual chemical makeup because we all that know is... like what copper does. And 
Um, it's really fa- I would never have guessed that this like you melt this in it. Have you actually melted one? No, I haven't. I don't even know how you would do it, I but don't know how you do it either. Apparently in um Egypt they melted them down and then uh, malachite was all in their jewelry as well. So it's like a very I yeah. I like it. But clear quartz is another one that I think of too that's just like uh clear quartz is almost in like every single electronic device. I mean now it's been man made, oh, but in the yeah. past it was like that's how radio transistors worked. And so oh. uh, yeah, so that's another one that I think of with, like, energy and, like, their yeah. little batteries, basically. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's at I least the way that. I like to think of it. I mean, I yeah. do have a ton of books out there, and we could go read what that says, and it might be <laughs> way out there. I kind of want to just so you can see the difference oh, of totally. the way that my brain works with it. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's an intentional yeah. item, just the same way that you would put a watch right. on and be like, I'm working, and I'm professional, and I have this watch on, and it's like... Right, empowering in that it way. It puts you in that mindset. So. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Thank you. Anyways, thank you it. so much, Jordan, for coming on the show and taking the time out of your day to talk to me while you're in LA. I yes. really appreciate it. It's been so fun. Thanks for having me. You guys can find Jordan on Instagram at Systems Saved Me. Um, any other things that you want to share? Your website or yeah, I mean SystemsSaveMe.com. I'm pretty easy, but yeah, Instagram's my jam. So if you come and say hi, I'll I'll say hi back. Amazing. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to hear more and leave us a review. If you have any special guests or any requests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send us an email to hello at moonbodysoul.com.